listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host and today, Jason Cook. I often forget to say my name, you know. I listen back and I, and I hear myself saying, hopefully, I'm your host. Hopefully everybody knows you're Jason Cook, but, I, but it's good to see you. Let, let me introduce to the, the, the radio audience, Jason Cook. Yes, I'm your host, Jason Cook. And Peter, welcome back to the studio today, Peter. And I'm Peter Watts. And uh, Yeah, it's great to be back in the studio, Jason, and uh, looking forward to studying another chapter from the great book of Daniel. Yeah, awesome. We're on to Daniel chapter 6 this week. Um, seven, actually. Seven, I sorry. I don't know why I was saying six. We did six last week. We did do last, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the chapter six was about uh, Daniel in the lion's den. So That's right. We'll be moving on from there this week. Um, Peter, you've been preparing for a program you're going to be starting this Saturday afternoon in New South Wales. Tell Indeed. us just a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, um, I'll be presenting on a, a series called Secrets in the Sand, How Archaeology Reveals Our Future. And we're going to take a look at past civilizations. We're going to take a look at some of the archaeological evidence that's been discovered. And we're going to see how um, that relates to what the Bible has to say, which the Bible essentially is another archaeological discovery. Mm. Um, and so we're going to compare those. And, um, yeah, it should be good. So that starts at 4 p.m. this Saturday afternoon at the Tomary Library and uh, Community Centre. That's uh, at, um, in Salamander Bay, New South Wales. Uh, that's... Um Port, Port Stevens Port area. Stevens. Port, Port Stevens. Stevens area, yep. Yeah, awesome. So if you've got an opportunity to go to that, highly recommend 4 p.m. Saturday. checking it out. And you can uh, get more information at secretsinthesand.com.au. Today uh, we're going to be talking about Daniel 7 if you want to have a listen to the past episodes and it's highly recommended that you do go back and have a listen to the past episodes because it gives a, a, a lot of background to the the next few chapters that we're going to be studying, um, Daniel chapter 7 today and 8, 9, 10 coming up. Daniel, uh, sorry, uh, the past episodes you can get on the Faith FM app, you can download that from the App Store or the Faith FM website. So... Do check that out if you are able to uh, do that. Well worth listening to the previous episodes. Mm -hmm. So Daniel chapter 7. Okay. All right. So first and foremost, I would encourage uh, people, if uh, they have access to a Bible, to grab a Bible and maybe grab a pen and paper or a tablet or whatever it is you use to record, um, because uh, there are many details, lots of details in Daniel 7. Daniel 7 is one of these prophecies in the Bible where lots of signs and symbols are used. And we want to be able to identify those, and um, it's going to be necessary for us to look at other parts of the Bible to be able to understand those uh, symbols. And so why don't we uh, kick off, Jason, with um, maybe you can read uh, verse uh, 1 and maybe even, um, I think, verse 1 and 2 together, please. It says, In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head while on his bed. Then he wrote down the dream telling the main facts. Daniel spoke, saying, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea. 
and four great beasts came up from the sea, each different from the other. All right, so that was the first three verses, and thank you for setting that up. So Daniel is having a vision here. He has a vision. The the wind, it says the four winds of heaven, that's simply north, south, east, and west, uh, represents the four compass points. It says it's stirring up the great sea, and four beasts come up out of the sea. Mm. And it's going to describe those beasts. Now, we'll, we'll say straight off the bat, because the Bible actually reveals this in this chapter of Daniel 7, and we'll get to that. But it tells us that these four beasts represent four kingdoms. Okay, and uh, that shouldn't be too difficult for us to understand. We actually still do that today. We use animals or beasts to represent different nations, different countries, different kingdoms. So, for instance, if I was to say this weekend the Wallabies are playing the Springboks, the Wallabies would be... A particular... Australia. Yeah, Australia. Sorry, <laughs> they would, yes. Yeah, they would be, the Wallabies would mm. be Australia, and the Springboks would be South Africa. And so, and people know that uh, from... But they, they are two animals that, that are being that's represented. That's if you follow sports. That's if you follow <laughs> rugby union. I'm, I'm not much of a sport follower. <laughs> okay. Well, so, yes, but we, we, we'll often do that. We'll still um, describe this. And this is what God is doing. He's describing four kingdoms arising. He's describing them as different beasts. And we'll see this in the interpretation, but we want to continue... So let's read verse 4 because it talks about the first one. Just before we do, mm. um, does this chapter talk about what the sea means that came up from the yes, sea? Yes, good point. Or I'm glad that, you pulled me up Is there. that elsewhere? So the waters in the book of Revelation, chapter 17, verse 15, we're told the waters that you saw represent multitudes, peoples, nations, and languages. So this is uh, talking about the populated areas Correct. of the world. So this is talking about the, the sea represents populations of people and out of those populations of people arise these four beasts which represent four kingdoms so let's read verse four the first beast that's the first was like a lion and had eagle's wings i watched till its wings were plucked off and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand on two feet like a man and a man's heart was given to it now this is where it's important to have reviewed the past chapters and ep- episodes mm, yes because because? Uh, because this is referring to uh, Babylon. It is, indeed. And we, we, and we can't tell that immediately. How, mm. do, how do we know that? We want to understand how do we know that. So, first of all, it says it's a lion with eagle's wings. I've never seen an, a real lion with eagle's wings. This is a composite beast, which was common in Babylon. And it's also telling us that this is symbolic. This is not a real animal. Mm. This is a beast that represents something. It represents a kingdom. Yes, it does represent Babylon. And how do we know that? Well, first First of all, outside the kingdom of Babylon, there was a black basalt statue that is known today as the Lion of Babylon. You've got a a lion mauling uh, one of its enemies, and uh, it's known as the Lion of Babylon. Furthermore, um, this is well known by others. Back in 1997, there was a... um, an album released by the Rolling Stones, and it was called Bridges to Babylon, and they have a, a lion standing on two feet, as in this image, and it's got a Babylonian beard. And so uh, they understood, the Rolling Stones understand this to be Babylon. Furthermore, if you go to the Berlin Museum today, you can see some of the tiles that they've recovered from the great processional way in Babylon, uh, that they did excavations there, and those tiles depict lions with wings and so uh, this this is a fitting symbol for uh, the kingdom of Babylon this lion it's interesting it says it watched while its wings were plucked off that that is that it was humbled mm. and if we remember Daniel chapter 4 we remembered King Nebuchadnezzar was humbled 
Um, and that may be uh, a reference to that. And then it says, and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand on two feet like a man. And a man's heart was given to it. And maybe that's a reference to the restoration of Nebuchadnezzar, especially given that uh, in Daniel 4, it says um, when he was in his madness, it says that a beast's heart was given to him. He had the heart of a beast. Mm. Here, he's given the heart of a man. It's it's almost the restoration of Nebuchadnezzar after he acknowledges God. And of course, the heart you know, in um, biblical terms also connects with the mind as well. And yes. we know that he sort of went... Represents the seat of thinking. He sort of went uh, insane Indeed. for a period of time, and then he was restored. So Yeah. yeah. So that's... that's uh, that, that, uh, um, verse 4, when it talks about the line, that is a depiction of Babylon. And that makes sense because Daniel is living in Babylon while he has this vision. Mm. That's where it begins. And if we compare it to Daniel chapter 2, that's where that vision begins too. And that's what I was about to say, that this is uh, connected with the previous prophecies in of Daniel 2. Now, we've got a, a chart that we want to give away to people. Um, it's we an do. electronic copy. If you text in to our show number, that's 0488880891, text in the code DANIELPC, no spaces, just Daniel and P for Peter, C for Charlie, Daniel PC, text it into 0488880891, and uh, it'll send back a link where you can click on that, press on it, and uh, you'll also get an email if you're registered there. And uh, you'll get this chart that you can look at. And it compares chapter 2, chapter 7, and the subscript chapters that sure. we're going to have a look we're at. We're going to be looking at it through the rest of this series of, of the book of Daniel, but it, it could be helpful because then we can compare and we can see where we are. So, uh, yes, as in Daniel chapter 2, the head of gold in the statue represented Babylon, so too this lion represents Babylon. Hmm. Let's read verse 5 now. And suddenly another beast, a second, like a bear... It was raised up on one side and had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. And they said thus to it, Arise, devour much flesh. All right. So this um, second beast, notice it says a second. So it's coming after the first. So Mm -hmm. it's in sequential order. um, And it says that it was like a bear and it was raised up on one side mm. uh, and this beast represents that beast that came after the lion after Babylon that's the Medes and the Persians it's raised up on one side because one half of that coalition the Persians would become greater than the Medes mm. and many people I'm sure listening to this have heard of the Persians they may not have heard of the Medes the Medes are far less well known mm. uh, but the Persians we still refer to the Persian Gulf today um, so we, we're aware of that and it says um, it had three ribs between its teeth um, those three ribs basically represent the three kingdoms that it conquered uh, on its way to ascendancy which were Babylon Lydia which is in western Turkey and Egypt mm. and so it uh, conquered those three major kingdoms and uh, dominated from that point onwards and of course this uh, correlates to the silver part of the statue in chapter 2 that's right mm. it's the second kingdom in that sequence We're going to go to a break. We've got a question for you. Why do you think God revealed prophecy or reveals prophecy in signs and symbols? We'd love to hear from you today. Text us in on 0488880891. This uh, beautiful song is called Ancient Words by Michael W. Smith.
resound with God's own heart. Oh, let the ancient words impart words of life, words of hope. Give us strength, help us hope. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and today we're speaking with Peter Watts on the topic of Daniel chapter 7 and we've been talking about some beasts. Uh, We've covered beast number 1 and beast number 2 but there's two more that we're going to continue to look at. Before the break we asked you a question, why do you think God revealed prophecy in signs and symbols? And we'd love to hear from you. Text us in on 0488 880891. 
And uh, Naomi from Western Australia sent a response into that. Um, she says that uh, perhaps to protect the Bible, um, you need the Holy Spirit to help interpret and to be with God. Then uh, answers are revealed to you. So if it clearly said names and specifics, perhaps powers and kings would have destroyed the Bible. Well, certainly there were many attempts to destroy the Bible through the history there has been. of the last 2,000 years. And there's been some attempts to uh, try to go against the prophecies of the Bible mm, as well. We that's know true. Through, uh, through the uh, early part of the 19th century or yep. 20th century. Sure, mm. sure. Very good. So we're up to beast number three. We are. Let's get back to the Bible, and um, we're going to. Uh, we're going to. I think it's verse six. We're up to. It is verse six. It says, uh, "After this, I looked, and there was another, like a leopard, which had on its back four wings of a bird. The beast. The beast also had four heads, and dominion was given to it." All right. So. For those just tuning in, we are looking at Daniel chapter 7. We're looking at four beasts here that represent four kingdoms. This one is the third one. Uh, We've looked at Babylon, Medo-Persia. This represents the kingdom of Greece, which came after the Medes and the Persians, principally uh, beginning with Alexander the Great. But notably, when Alexander the Great uh, died, uh, his kingdom was split up into four territories and ruled by his four generals, Cassander, Ptolemy, Seleucus and Lysimachus and uh, when we look at this prophecy it says after this I looked another like a leopard now a leopard is a fast moving beast Mm. okay so it moves rapidly across the ground it says which had on its back four wings of a bird now you may remember that the first beast Babylon had two wings of a bird that represent the swiftness with which it conquered so we uh, actually use that kind of terminology. I might say to you, Jason, after this program's finished, I've got something I really need to do, so I've got to fly. Mm. Now, it doesn't mean I'm going to take off, but it does mean I want to move swiftly. Yeah, yeah, quickly, yeah. And so that's uh, those wings represent swiftness. And if Babylon had two wings, it says here this leopard, leopard beast has four wings. In other words, it was even more swift in its conquering, and certainly Alexander the Great fits that description and, and then of course it had uh four heads yeah and the head head represents leadership those generals that, yeah we, uh, we still over. talk about that the head of government or the head of the house or mm. the head of whatever mm. head represents leadership and um these four heads represent the leaders that would uh look after the greek kingdom after alexander had gone but the bible continues and, and i would say let's just read verse seven After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong. It had huge iron teeth. It was devouring, breaking in pieces, and trampling the residue with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. All right. So here is the fourth beast. Once again, we've had the first, the second, the third, and now the fourth. This is in sequential order. And as we've seen in history, and as we've also seen in Daniel chapter 2, the next kingdom that comes after the power of Greece, both in history and in prophecy, is the kingdom of Rome. Uh, And this represents the Roman Empire. What's fascinating is Daniel, when he's describing this, he's described Babylon as a lion and Medo-Persia as a bear and Greece as a leopard. When he comes to this beast, it's so dreadful and terrible, he can't think of an animal to describe it. Mm. And it says it it had huge iron teeth. And Mm. that is another link to Daniel chapter 2, where the fourth 
part of the image the is legs, made of iron, the, the legs, legs of, of iron. iron. Yeah. So we we know we're on track. It's the, we, sometimes the Bible pr- provides us with these little clues to say we're still in the same stream of history. Mm. And so um, it was different from all the beasts that were before it and had ten horns. Now, those ten horns we're going to discover in Bible prophecy in this very chapter, and we'll pick it up later where we look at the interpretation. Those horns represent ten kingdoms that will arise out of that kingdom. And that's important to note because that's actually what happened in history. We note that there was Babylon, Persia, Greece, and Rome, one major power overcoming another and ruling and reigning. But when we come to the end of the Roman Empire, that empire breaks up and much of the territory over which it rules, they emerge as nations of their own, kingdoms of their own. And that's what's represented by those ten horns that we see coming out of the fourth beast. So All right. Eight. We're going to go to verse 8. Yes, it starts to get some very interesting details here. We can see. Now, I want to mention something before we go to verse 8. So far, we've seen Babylon, Persia, Greece, Rome, those four empires represented by the four metals in Daniel chapter 2. Um, this is another principle of biblical interpretation that in terms of Bible prophecy, we see the principle of repeat and, and enlarge. enlarge. Mm. And that is that what we're seeing here is a repeat of the same time frame as Daniel. But it's being enlarged upon, and we're going to read now some more details that's going to enlarge on this a little bit more. So let's read Daniel chapter 7, verse 8. I was considering the horns, and there was another horn, a little one, coming up among them, before whom three of the first horns were plucked out by the roots. And there, in this horn, were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking pompous words. All right, so... Talks about I was considering the horns. This these ten horns or ten kingdoms that arise out of the fourth kingdom, which is is um, Rome. So out of that emerge many different kingdoms. And it says I was considering the horns, and there was another horn, a little one. So I'm going to pause here. If a horn represents a kingdom, what does a little horn represent? I don't know. A little kingdom. A little kingdom, okay. (laughs) A horn represents a kingdom. A little horn represents a little kingdom. Mm -hmm. And therefore, we have a little kingdom arising, coming up among them. It's coming up among those other ten horns, okay, Um, before whom three of the first horns were plucked out by the roots. So apparently, through this little horn power, three of the first uh, kingdoms or three horns actually come to an end because of the activities of this little horn power. And it says, There in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking pompous words. This has a leader. This has a significant leader that has eyes like the eyes of a man, and it's speaking pompous words. That is words against the Most High, against God. We read about that later in the interpretation. So we're going to park this for a little bit. We're not going to unpack this and say, What is this power? All we can say so far is that it represents a power that comes after the Roman Empire. It emerges after these other kingdoms emerge out of the Roman Empire. And uh, we can see where it comes from because it comes from, uh, you know, out of the, the Roman Empire. So we have an idea in terms of geography where it comes out of. Uh, we also ha- have a, a, an idea of the timing. And so we see this um, playing out now. When we talk about this, what when we're looking at the interpretation of this, 
um, where we're not on our own. In other words, this prophecy has been uh, known about and spoken about for hundreds of years. In fact, it was significant this week as we go to Air Jason Live, um, we've, of course, in the past seven days, we've seen uh, Queen Elizabeth II pass to her rest, mm, mm. and the world has been in mourning and recognizing her reign. And, of course, uh, King Charles III now has been um, appointed king. And uh, the Queen's body, as we speak, is lying in St. Giles Church in Edinburgh. And that used to be the church of John Knox. And John Knox preached there. And he also preached uh, in other places in Scotland. He preached in St. Andrews, and he preached on Daniel chapter 7. And when he did so, he was a part of the Protestant Reformation. It's also significant this week that uh, Prince Charles, Prince Charles, Charles III, now the King Charles, Charles. (laughs) he actually gave a proclamation uh, declaring that he would protect the rights of the Protestant church in Scotland which is fascinating in itself. And it, it, it comes back to uh, this this time of the reformers. And um, what you have is reformers such as John Wycliffe in England, Jan Hus in uh, the Czech Republic, uh, John Knox in Scotland, all declaring that they believe this little horn power that was rising out of the, the remnants of Rome was actually the Roman papal power, the Roman Catholic power. Now, they themselves were part of the Roman Catholic Church, so they're not pointing fingers that, you know, we don't like your church. Mm. They were actually Roman Catholics themselves. Mm. Um, But what they were pointing out was that the, the, the church itself was no longer practicing biblical Christianity, and they were saying, we need to get back to the Bible. Mm. And so um, when we look at the fall of the Roman Empire, we see many kingdoms coming up in its place. Um like France and England and Germany and Spain and so forth. And then this little horn arises after them. And uh, Protestant reformers have identified this as the papal power. And we'll come back and talk some more about that a little later. We will, after the break. Now, uh, just remember the question, why do you think God reveals prophecy in signs and symbols? We'd love to hear from you today. Uh, we've got another answer that we'll share right after the break. But text us in on 0488 This is uh, More About Jesus by Savannah Ellis.
This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and today we're speaking with Peter Watts on the series Daniel and the God of Wisdom and uh, we're part the way through Daniel chapter 7. We've been talking about the four beasts and what they mean and just recently we've been talking about the little horn that came up out of the fourth beast. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we need to keep going. Yeah, okay. So um, in terms of um, history, of course, that that power that we talked about uh, represented by the little horn um, had influence for over a thousand years. And so... um, what we see then is there's another section that comes because we want to continue reading through the vision. And what we see is after the activity of that little horn, we read uh, verse 9 and 10 where we actually get a shift in uh, the scene. It's like we've changed scenes. We're watching something and now we're getting a, ch- a change of scene mm. because it gives us a, a heavenly scene as we'll see when we read out Daniel chapter 7 verses 9 and 10. It says, I watched till thrones were put in place, and the Ancient of Days was seated. His garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was a fiery flame, its wheels a burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. A thousand thousands ministered to him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated and the books were opened. All right. So after the uh, activity of this uh, little horn power, we find that there is a heavenly scene, and it's a heavenly courtroom scene. It's a heavenly judgment scene. Mm. It says the Ancient of Days was seated. That's uh, a reference to God the Father. And uh, we see him, a, a, a throne is put in place. He takes his seat and arrayed before him are thousands and thousands of angels angelic beings 10,000 times 10,000 it says the court was seated and the books were opened you know that's an interesting thought every day Jason on a Facebook or on um, the news the TV news there's always somebody crying out for justice mm. and it's comforting to know that whatever happens down here whether people are guilty or found innocent down here the truth is known by God and he will set all things right there is a heavenly courtroom where God will make judgments that are correct they're accurate they he won't make mistakes um, and that there is accountability and that there is justice in the universe. Um, and so God is depicted here beginning this uh, courtroom judgment scene. Then it switches again. The scene switches back to earth. Mm. And I want you to read verse 11 and 12. I watched then because of the sound of the pompous words which the horn was speaking. I watched till the beast was slain and its body destroyed and given to the burning flame. As for the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. All right, so it talks a little bit more about the pompous words that the little horn was speaking. And then again, it switches back to this heavenly scene. And in verse 13 and 14, we have another uh, element that's added. So we have the Ancient of Days taking his seat in the first scene, and then this other scene uh, takes place. I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom, that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. 
His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom the one which shall not be destroyed. All right, if we look at this now from the context of the bigger picture, we've seen these four beasts arise, four kingdoms, and they each have their turn, if you like, of uh, trying to rule the world. Okay, and each of them fails and each of them falls well short of God's ideal. In fact, uh, what's noticeable is each of those four beasts is depicted as an animal that is unclean. Uh, the Bible depicts some animals as clean, some as unclean. And in Daniel chapter 7, the beasts of the world are represented, the kingdoms of the world are represented by four unclean beasts. And here we find that ultimately, one like the Son of Man, this is a reference to Jesus Christ, he comes not, it's interesting, it says coming with clouds. Mm. You might think, oh, he's coming, you know, second coming. Um, but it says he came with clouds, he came to the ancient of days, he's coming to the Father mm-hmm. in this heavenly courtroom scene. And he's going there to, to um, uh, represent you and I. He represents humanity. And for all those who call upon Jesus and accept Jesus and want him to represent them, he represents them in this heavenly courtroom scene. And what's interesting, it says, to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom. To all peoples, nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion. And so ultimately the kingdom will be his at the end of this uh, heavenly courtroom scene. So that's the vision essentially with the four beasts, the arising of these uh, ten horns or ten kingdoms afterwards, the arising of the little horn and his ministry where uh, he's speaking great words against God, then this judgment scene that we see in heaven, and then ultimately Jesus receives the kingdom. So let's read on now because we want to understand the... Uh, the, um, the the given interpretation. The given interpretation. And from verse 15 to 18, we have a very brief interpretation. First, Daniel saying, I want to know what this means. Hmm. So read that for us. I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit within my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. I came near to one of those who stood by and asked him the truth of all this. So he told me and made known to me the interpretation of these things. Those great beasts, which are four, are four kings which arise out of the earth. But the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. All right, so in two verses, verse 17 and 18, the angel uh, who is going to give him the interpretation of this basically sums it up. He says there's four beasts that represent four kingdoms uh, which shall arise out of the earth, but the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom. Mm. Uh, Okay, so that's good news. Not only is Jesus receiving that kingdom, but the saints of the Most High, those that follow Jesus, are receiving that kingdom too. Um, And so he's saying, and it'll be happy ever after, basically Mm. after that. So he sums it up, but Daniel is not satisfied. There's some more information that uh, we might want. (laughs) Yes, so Daniel is saying, that's great, but I want to know more. Mm. So let's read verse uh, 19. Mm, Let's read 19, maybe through 22. Then I wished to know the truth about the fourth beast, which was different from all the others, exceedingly dreadful, with its teeth of iron and its nails of bronze, which devoured, broke in pieces, and trampled the residue with its feet. 
and the ten horns that were on its head, and the other horn which came up before which three fell, namely, that horn which had eyes and a mouth which spoke pompous words, whose appearance was greater than his fellows. I was watching, and the same horn was making war against the saints, and prevailing against them, until the Ancient of Days came, and a judgment was made in favour of the saints of the Most High, and the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. Yeah, thank you, Jason. That verse, um, Daniel chapter 7, verse 22, is one of my favourites in the chapter. Uh, because it says it, it discusses Daniel is saying I want to know more about the fourth beast and especially the little horn mm. uh, and its activity and uh, then of course the, you have the, the judgment scene and the ancient of days came and a judgment was made in favour of the saints of the most high so um, one of the things that's important to note out of this chapter is there is this heavenly judgment scene but the saints those that follow Jesus have nothing to fear from that heavenly judgment scene because the decision made there is made in favour of the saints mm. so this is important to understand so this is a this is a good judgment <laughs> it's good it's good if you're on the right side of it yes any judgment is going to be in favour of one thing and opposed to another mm. and therefore you want to be uh, on Christ's side because that's where the favour is going to be made mm. So he discusses that, and now we're going to see, um, let's read 23 to 25. This is the uh, response from the angel when Daniel said, I want to know more about the fourth beast and the, the ten horns and the little horn. Thus he said, the fourth beast shall be a fourth kingdom on earth, which shall be different from all other kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, trample it and break it in pieces. The ten horns are ten kings who shall arise from this kingdom, and another shall rise after them. He shall be different from the first ones, and shall subdue three kings. He shall speak pompous words against the Most High, shall persecute the saints of the Most High, and shall intend to change times and laws. Then the saints shall be given into his hands for a time and times and half a time. All right, there's a lot of detail in there, and we're going to take a break. And we'll come back and unpack some of that because when we were identifying, uh, when we were talking about the identification of this little horn, we were referring to some of the uh, Protestant reformers. And we're going to pick up on some of those points when we come back. Yeah, we will do that. And uh, right now we're going to give you the book offer for today or tell you about it. It's called Amazing Prophecies of Daniel and Revelation. Will these Bible prophecies affect your future? And Nebuchadnezzar's dream, four great beasts and a little horn, the ram and the goat, and the Messiah appears. And there's more in there relating to Revelation as well. So we'll give you the code right after the break. But right now, this is How Did He Know? And this was written by myself and uh, Dave Edwin. Daniel knew the rise and fall of nations for thousands of years. How did he know? Jeremiah knew from the depths of a dry well that Jerusalem would fall. How did he
Encounters on Faith FM, and today we're speaking with Peter Watts on the topic of Daniel chapter 7. And uh, we've been talking about four beasts and a little horn. Now, before the break, we did talk about a book offer. This is one that we have given away before, um, but we've got more copies of it to give away, and it's called Amazing Prophecies of Daniel and Revelation. And so today's code is Daniel number one. Daniel one, text that into zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Now, Peter, we've just read verse 23 to 25 of Daniel chapter 7, and uh, mm-hmm. it's interesting, isn't it, that each time this um, prophecy is expanded upon, there's just a little bit more detail, and uh, there's a, quite a bit in this a couple of verses to unpack. Yeah, we're grateful to Daniel for keep asking the questions of, uh, can you tell me more? You know, I'd like to know a little more. And so in verses 23 to 25 of uh, Daniel 7, there are a lot of details there about the activity of the little horn, the fact that the little horn will be different to the others and in fact in this chapter there are 10 identifying characteristics of the little horn power uh, which is significant because it's it's you know you can see that 
God, in giving this prophecy, he didn't want us to be wondering about this. And, and we've mentioned before why. We talked about the Protestant reformers, reform, reformers. Sorry, How did they come to their interpretation? Why did they identify this with the Roman papal power? And I'm going to cover these ten identifying characteristics. First of all, it arose out of the fourth beast. Mm. And we've recognized that the fourth beast represents Rome. Yeah. So right location, you know. It, secondly, it arose among the ten horns. So it's among those nations that arose from the Roman Empire. Uh, it says it arose after the ten horns. And so we usually put the fall of the Roman Empire around 476 AD. Rome didn't fall in a day and Rome wasn't built in a day. Mm. Um, but around that time was the, the, the significant decline of the, the Roman Empire. Um, and this papal power really started to emerge as a major political and religious force, particularly a political force, uh, around the 538 AD. And there was actually uh, a law passed. I think the Justinian Code was yeah. passed and implemented around that time. So at this time, the Roman emperors are... Uh, Christians, you know, from mm. the time of Constantine, you see the influence of the church growing in the empire. And Justinian, uh, he, um, if anybody's uh, ever visited the Hagia Sophia in Istanbul, uh, it used to be a very old Christian church, and uh, he actually uh, um, built upon. I think there were churches there before, but he built this huge one, which was built in 537 AD, and a year later. Uh, the papal power really started to flex its muscles in uh, in Rome. And so um, it also says uh, number four of the identifying characteristics, it will be different from the others, and that is because it was a political power and a religious power. Mm. This was not just a political power. It says it will be greater than the others, and nobody could argue that this power has had much greater influence. It's it's a very small kingdom, but it has much greater influence beyond its borders. And it was uh, around for quite a long time as well. Indeed, we're going to mm. talk about that time period shortly. Uh, in fact, the Bible itself re references that. Number six, it uprooted three kings. And this is reference to the Vandals, the Ostrogoths, and the Hurali, which were three of those ten horns that emerged out of the uh, ashes of the Roman Empire, um, and uh, or the ruins of the Roman Empire, I should say. And uh, those kingdoms were overthrown by the papal power and its forces. Uh, at that time one of them was called the vandals if mm. we've ever heard of vandalism that's mm -hmm. where that comes from uh, number seven it spoke great words against the most high and there are statements that the papacy has made uh, that indicate um, you know this that they've spoken things that you wouldn't think mere mortals would say so for instance pope leo the 13th said we hold upon this earth the place of god almighty mm. um, and uh, you know some believe that the Pope is Christ in hidden under the veil of flesh. Um, and so we we want to be, uh, you know, understanding what these claims were and why people identified this power uh, with the little horn. And interestingly, the, the papacy claimed to have the power to uh, forgive sins. Correct. And uh, that's another characteristic. Look, in, in Jewish times, that was called blasphemy yes. jesus was accused of blasphemy sure because uh, he was claiming to be able to forgive sin absolutely yeah and so these would be considered words against god 
in in a way, by the time you get to the papal power, um, what's happened to Christianity is it's changed dramatically from what it was in mm. the first century. Mm. And so what you have now is the church inserting itself, if you like, between God and the people mm. and saying you have to come through the church in order to get saved. And mm. that was never God's intention. Yep. Um, number eight, it persecuted the saints. Mm-hmm. Certainly you can read the history of the persecutions. Um, number nine, it changed times and laws, and uh, certainly the papal power has claimed to do that. And I want to focus a, li- a little bit on this number 10, tenth characteristic of identifying this little horn power. It says it rained for a time, times and a half a time. What does that mean? Um, well, let's have a look at it. What does time, times and a half a time really mean? Well, first of all, uh, a time represents a year if you look at daniel chapter 4 it says that nebuchadnezzar was out of the kingdom and he he lost his mind and he was out there for seven times till seven times passed over him Mm. we understand this to mean seven years yeah um and here where it says a time times and a half a time well the time is a year times would be two years and a half a time would be half a year so three and a half years three and a half years and what's interesting about that is that in uh, the biblical reckoning of time, they had twelve months uh, of tw- sorry of thirty days, so that would make three hundred and sixty days in a year. Um, and then every so often they'd add in a month to correct the calendar, just like we add in a day mm. for leap year every four years. Mm. But um, the basic calendar was 12 months, 30 days in each month, 360 days. So if you have time, times and a half a time, three and a half years, that's 1,260 literal days. Mm. Now, one of the principles of prophetic interpretation is that in the Bible, a day represents a year, a prophetic day represents a literal year and when we apply this to prophecies in daniel chapter 7 daniel chapter 8 daniel chapter 9 daniel chapter uh 12 you it makes sense of those chapters it it starts to make sense and add up indeed Mm. if you don't apply the day for a year principle in daniel chapter 9 for instance it doesn't make any sense of the, when the Messiah is going to show up, for mm. instance. Mm. And so this principle of day-year uh, makes sense. It's actually revealed seven different times in Scripture. Sometimes it's 1,260 days. Sometimes it's a time, times and a half a time. Sometimes it's 42 months. It all refers to the same period. And Revelation mentions those same numbers as Correct. well. Correct. Five mm. different times in Revelation, twice mm. in Daniel. Mm. And it represents the period of time from 538 A.D. till 1798 A.D., a period we call the period of papal supremacy. In 1798, Napoleon wants to conquer Europe. He knows he can't do that unless he breaks the power of the papal power. So he sends his general into Rome. They arrest the pope. The pope dies in prisoner. And when he takes the pope prisoner, it's in 1798. So it actually brings that period to a close. But then, of course, there's a restoration. The papacy is is restored, and we see the papacy more popular in the world perhaps than ever. Mm. Um, And so that's uh, the understanding that the Protestant reformers had of this little horn power, and that's how we understand it today. Now, the prophecy itself finishes up with these words in um, Daniel chapter 7, 26 to 28. It says, But the court shall be seated, and they shall take away his dominion to consume and destroy it forever. Then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. This is the end of the account. 
as for me, Daniel, my thoughts greatly troubled me, and my countenance changed, but I kept the matter in my heart. So you can see at the end of this chapter, you have this judgment scene where God will restore the kingdom to Jesus Christ and to his followers, and that's the kingdom we want to be a part of. Absolutely. Now, we're going to have lots more on this, and it keeps unpacking and expanding in Daniel 8 and 9, etc., as we keep going through this series. So do tune in next Tuesday for Daniel chapter 8 with uh, Peter Watts and myself. And, uh, of course, tomorrow, Facets of Faith with Daniel Mateo. We're going to be talking about the touched and uh, investigating a little bit more about who God is. And, uh, of course, uh, your uh, program starting this Saturday. Yeah, this Saturday, 4 p.m. at the Tomarie Library, Secrets in the Sand. Hope you can see see you there. Yeah, awesome. So up in New South Wales, if you can catch Peter there. Our book offer today, Amazing Prophecies of Daniel and Revelation, Daniel 1 is the code. This is uh, O God uh, Beyond All Praising, featuring Sarah Crozier. Have a great day. May God be with you until we speak again. May God be with you. Stay